you know what? I'm going to make you a deal. You figure this out. Me and you are going to switch places. You are going to come here to New York and be the reporter and ask all the questions and try to figure out, what is this? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning from New York. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Rangers 4, Penguins 2. It's not the outcome, even though the outcome obviously doesn't help. It's not even necessarily the overall performance. There was a sluggish start that's pretty much become a trademark for this team. But after that, after the first, uh, I'd say 11, 12 minutes or so, the Penguins were the better team and remained that way through the end. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could tell you that Tristan Jari rebounded, uh, played probably his best game since coming back from injury. That was Mike Sullivan's assessment as well. 31 saves, uh, 16 of them on high danger chances. Great to see. A couple of big goals by Ricard Raquel and Jake Gensel, both set up very nicely by the captain. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because none of the other things we could bring up, none of the dialogue is going to change until we get past this Brian Dumal and Jeff Carter thing. And I'm not being lazy, repetitious over this. It keeps jumping up and not just into your face, but like punching you in the face. During every game. This is unlike anything I've covered in any sport in my life. That is not, I swear to you, an exaggeration or going over the top. I have seen teachers' pets. I have seen guys that you would swear were related to the head coach or the manager, depending on the sport. But I have never seen performance that was this low associated with such a concept. If that's what we're looking at here, 11 of the Penguins past 13 goals have had either Dumoulin or Carter on the rink. Dumoulin was a minus three, Carter a minus four in the previous game against Montreal. Coming here, they lose 4-2. The fourth goal was an empty netter. Of the three goals that were not into an empty net, on the very first... New York goal, Dumoulin not only got caught super deep in the New York zone, but he tried a between-his-own-legs blind pass to Sid. Vladimir Tarasenko chipped it over Sid's stick. It got to Temi Pernarin, and there went Mika Zibanejad. Phew! Just like that. one nothing Rangers. Second New York goal, Jeff Carter is along the left boards in the neutral zone facing back toward the Pittsburgh end. And as New York was chipping a puck in his direction, he got clear possession of it and saucered a pass backward to P.O. Joseph, who had a little bit of trouble, understandably, corralling this thing. Tyler Mott swoops in there, steals it, and scores. And everyone's talking about P.O.'s giveaway. He didn't make any giveaway. 
I talked with the kid afterward. He had virtually no recourse. He didn't say this. He took the full blame. Because that's how he is. Whereas Carter just vanished like he always does after the games. But he, he was telling me something along the lines of how he could have just cleared the middle or whatever. That's not what you're thinking in that case. You're thinking somebody's passing the puck to me. A teammate's passing the puck to me. I'm going to try to catch the puck. And when he didn't get it right away, and he's caught flat-footed because he could never have expected a backward pass. This isn't soccer. And there went Mott. Boom. Just like that. Third New York goal. Plain and simple. A net front battle between Dumoulin and Chris Kreider. Now, Kreider, to his credit, is the most dangerous scorer of all the net front guys in the league. That doesn't necessarily mean he's the best pure net front guy, but it means that he does the most damage while he's there. Okay, does that make sense? So Puck comes in from the point from Adam Fox, and it kind of meshes itself in there between him and Dumoulin, and he outmuscles Dumoulin. He puts his stick across Dumoulin's chest, and he kicks out his skate, which is not legal, but it's a net front battle, and those sorts of things have been overlooked in that area forever and ever and ever in this beautiful sport. He pounces on the rebound. Jari has no chance whatsoever. Dumoulin ends up flat on his face. And, and, and to what end? To what end? What, what, what is all this about? What is Mike Sullivan, in particular, trying to achieve here? Because the way I see it, Sullivan is culpable under almost any circumstance. Meaning he's either oblivious to these two players being this detrimental to the overall cause. He's oblivious to the overall scenario in which, you know, Sid would like to win another cup. And Sid and Gino and Chris Letang all came back for that purpose, and they're very much doing their part. Or, in the only way I can even give him any kind of out is that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke from above are ordering him to play these two players, and I don't believe that's the case. I just don't. I have no reason whatsoever asking after asking a lot of questions here, to believe that anything close to that is the case. But even if it were, I'd expect the Sullivan that I know to speak up about it, not to stay silent about it, to find some way to do something, to change something. I, I can't, I just can't, guys. I got nothing for you here. You know, I want to have the answers to this, but it's so inexplicable that it just doesn't have any. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q isn't a question at all, but I just liked it way too much. It came from Keith, and he says, man, I don't know if I even care anymore. I'm so tired of watching us get scored on, and the only consistent numbers are 77 and 8. And, and you're right. The numbers behind this, Keith, are overwhelming. I gave you the one already where one of the two's been on the ice for 11 of the past 13 goals allowed. I've got some more that I wrote up for my column on DK Pittsburgh Sports 
and I'm going to share these with our podcast audience as well. Out of those, when I said 11 out of the 13, it's non-empty net goals. Dumoulin's been on for nine of them. Carter's been on for seven. So there's a lot of overlap. For the season, Dumoulin's been on the rink for 95 goals. That is the 10th most of any player in the entire NHL. And 24 more goals than his next nearest teammate, Brian Rust. Insane, right? Dumoulin's negative goal differential of minus 37, meaning he's been out there for 95 uh, against. He's been on. He's been out there for 58-4. Is the worst on the entire Penguins roster by another mind-blowing margin of 21 goals. Last night, right here in New York, Dumoulin logged 30 shifts, meaning he and Latang tied for the most of any player on either team. I, I, I don't even, what am I supposed to say to this? You know, I, I can't tell you something, Keith, that's going to make you go, you know what, everything's okay. It's not okay, because this is the kind of thing that creates big, big disillusionment. Among the fan base, losing is bad. Losing when you aren't completely convinced that the people who are running the process are trying to do the right thing or the best thing to facilitate winning is another realm entirely. And it's not something to which fans of this particular franchise have become accustomed to say the least. Penguins had some really tough losses over their history. They've had some really talented teams fall short. 93-2014. Those are disappointments. Those are disappointments in the results. This is something else entirely. You're just looking at this going, what in the, what in the hell are they doing? You're not losing interest, though. I can tell you that much, Keith. You, you, you press play on a podcast called Daily Shot of Penguins today. Get a grip on yourself. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to this show, especially Keith today. Let's do another one on Monday.